All right, guys, good morning. It's officially summer, that's what I'm going to say. I I don't know if y'all are digging this summer heat. I know some of you like hot stuff, but come on now. I'm, I'm, I'm missing spring, I'm just saying. I'm missing... I know we live in Texas, I know there's not normally a spring, but we had a spring this year, and I just want to return back to that, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Well guys, I'm excited, Uh, so this officially marks summer for us, because this is the time we start our summer series, and we're going to spend the next 12 weeks talking about uh, something we don't talk about enough in church, and that is the kingdom of God. So a quick show of hands, how many of you have ever been in a church where, where you've sat through an extended series preached on just the kingdom of God? Anybody Anybody? Anybody? No hands. No hands. That's actually not surprising. Uh, in, in fact, even though the, the, the kingdom of God appears 160 times in the New Testament, even though it's sprinkled all throughout the Old Testament, the truth is that there, there are no textbooks or teachers that really teach on the kingdom of God anymore. In fact, as I was kind of preparing for the series, I, I ran across one source that said, in the last 50 years, there's only been one book published on how to preach about the kingdom of God. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. And so our hope over the next 12 weeks is we kind of spend this summer series together studying the kingdom of God. My hope, my prayer is that somehow we would rediscover this thing that Jesus talked about all the time. This thing that the entire Old Testament pointed to, the coming of the kingdom of God, and the thing that Jesus shows up on the scene almost 2,000 years ago, and his very first message is, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And so our hope, my, my, my hope for us as a church is that we would rediscover exactly what the kingdom of God is, how we fit into the kingdom of God, and why all of that is so important for us. Now, that's a lofty goal. That is just a goal. I don't know that we're going to get there, but that's what, I, that's what I hope. I hope that we will uh, leave this series um, when, when school kicks off. You know, I, I think we're going to run all the way through uh, Labor Day. And, and so when school kicks off, we, we do that kind of the Sunday after Labor Day. Um, so my hope is by that time, we all kind of have a better knowledge of what the kingdom of God is, how we fit into it, and, and why all of that matters for our lives. And so uh, for that to happen, I think we, we need to ask God to do a miracle in our midst. Because like I said, there's not a lot of material out there on the kingdom of God. So I, I've, been, I've been stretching myself uh, in preparation going, Lord, what, what book am I supposed to read? And he's like, well, it's all in my book. And I'm just like, okay, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So um, we're just going to go, go from there. So uh, join me in a word of prayer if you don't mind. Father... Um, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. Uh, today, as, as uh, kind of our, our, our nation, I guess our world, um, celebrates the, the fathers um, and, and says, hey, happy, happy Father's Day. And there's, you know, great ties and other things given, whatever. And uh, Lord, we, we want to kind of make today about a little more than that. Because the truth is, many of us, when it comes to our dads, we have hurt attached to that. But the word of God says you are our perfect father our perfect, loving Father. And so, God, today we come into your house to honor your name and to thank you for all that you are, and we ask that you would meet with us in a special way. We know that's the promise of your word, that there is something that happens when the saints gather together that we can't get on our own or by ourselves, that when two or more are gathered in in your name, that you're present, a special manifestation of your presence. And so, God, we ask for that special manifestation to be felt this morning in our midst. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and take your proper place as the teacher of this church and its guide. And we pray that you would teach us the ways of the kingdom from the inside out and that we would be transformed in the image of Jesus because of it. In Jesus' name, we pray all of these things. And God's people said, amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. So guys, if we're going to spend the entire summer studying uh, the kingdom of God, I thought it might be a good place to start by just talking about what the kingdom is, right? If you're going to spend 12 weeks talking about the kingdom of God, I think it's a good, a good place to start by just going, okay, well, what, what exactly are we going to spend these 12 weeks talking about? What is the kingdom of God? And we kind of need to define it because if we're honest, when we read the New Testament, it's kind of all over the place, right? I mean, at, at one point, Jesus shows up and he says, and the kingdom of God is at hand, or the, or the kingdom of God is in your midst. And then in other places, he's going, and the kingdom is yet to come. And you're going, what? what I, just tell me something. What do you mean, Jesus, that the kingdom is here? And, it, and and it's in my midst, and, and it's tangible, but, but yet it's not here, and, and it's still to come. And, and so what we, we kind of need to start by just defining, well, what is the kingdom of God? And what I found is when you're trying to define the kingdom of God, and, and, and really we're trying to define it as the full counsel of God's word describes it. That means as all of scripture encompasses this definition of the kingdom of God, what I've found the easiest way to understand it uh, is by using two terms, okay? So the first term we're going to use, you're going to hear me use a lot over the next 12 weeks, is the term Rain, rain, R E I G N, right? Uh, rain, uh, not a, not R A I N. Rain, uh, and, and so sometimes you're going to hear me use a synonym for that. I'll talk about rule. It, it's the same thing. So, so when we talk about the, the the rain, we're talking about God's authority to rain over uh, over what he's created, right? And so, so if, if you have a kingdom, you have to have a king, and that king has to have authority, right? That king has authority to, to reign over the, the, the quote-unquote kingdom. And so, so when we talk about kingdom, the very first term I'm going to use is we're going to talk about the reign of God. Now, the second concept that's helpful is, is to talk about the realm, okay? So we're going to talk about the reign and we're also going to talk about the realm. And, and so when you think about the reign as, as the ruler and the right to rule, then the realm is the thing that he's ruling over, right? So, so that, that is a, a place, that is a dimension, that is a time. Uh, the Bible refers to, to the realm of the kingdom in all of those ways. And, and so that's how we're going to go at this. And so, so for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to talk about what the kingdom is. And, and this week, we're going we're gonna to deal with the very first of those words. We're going to talk about the reign of God. And so three things I want to share with you. The very first thing I want you to understand is this, it's up on the screen, is that uh, the, the Bible declares God is creator and thus he rightly reigns over all things, okay? The Bible declares that God is creator and thus he rightly reigns uh, and again, a, a synonym there is, is he rules over all things. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm on page one. I don't get to say that often, but I, I am on page one, all right? I, I mean it. If you don't believe me that your Bible has a page number, open to Genesis chapter one, verse one. If you turn to the second page, uh, mine has a two there. I'm on page one in, in, in the beginning, okay? And so Genesis uh, chapter one, starting in verse one, we're going to just read this chapter together quickly this morning. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says, now the earth was formless and it was empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness and he called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning one day. And then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating the waters from water. And so God made the expanse and he separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse. And it was so, and God called the expanse sky. Evening came and, and then the morning, the second day. 
And then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the water, uh, he called them seas. And God saw that it was good. The dry land was called earth. He saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth produce vegetation. Seed-bearing plants and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit with seed in it and according to their kinds. And it was so, and the earth produced vegetation. Seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Everything came then morning the third day. And then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from night. And they will serve as signs for seasons and and for days and for years. And there will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night, as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on earth, to rule the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters swarm with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged creature according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God bless them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters of the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came, and then morning, the fifth day. And then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and and wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And so God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created in in the image of God. He created them, male and female. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. And God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so, when God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed, evening came, and then morning on the sixth day. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't know if you've taken a lot of time to think about that, but what that means is that before the beginning, there was God, right? It says in the beginning, God God created, and it means that before what we read, all of that creation, before all of that happened, before God spoke all of that into being, there was was God, right? That, that, That God existed before this thing that the Word of God calls the beginning. And, and, and the prophet Isaiah uh, uses the term to describe God. He calls him everlasting, right? And, and Isaiah 40, 28, he says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He, he never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. And so the Bible, which is, is really just God's revelation of himself to mankind, 
God reveals to his prophets and his people throughout time. He says, listen, uh, I'm God and I've always been. And so what the Genesis account would tell us is that God is eternal and at some point in eternity, he chose to create. And that point in eternity, which God chose to create, is called the beginning. Not because it's the beginning of God, but it's because it's the beginning of everything that we know. It's the beginning of everything that we see. It's the beginning of the heavens and the earth and and the sky and the sun and the stars and the moon, right? It's the beginning of of every living creature. And so we, we call... Uh, This moment, the beginning of creation, but I want you to know it's not the beginning of God. God is eternal. What that means, guys, is that God is the reason for all existence. All right? That that without God, there's no existence. God is, is, another word, is the root, right? That that God is the root. He's the source of of all life. And, and, And so as we study scripture, we find that everything that we see and everything that we don't see was created by God. And because it was all created by God... God has the right to reign over it. He has the right. He has the authority. So why does he have the, he has the authority? Because without God, there is no creation. You follow me? And so we begin here. And I know it's a simple space. It's one of the foundational statements, and you can't miss it. It's of primary importance. If we're going to understand the kingdom of God, we need to understand this, that God has the authority to rule. And the reason why is because, guys, the word kingdom, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, primarily means rank, authority, or sovereignty exercised by a king. So when you hear the kingdom of God, you read the New Testament, and Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God over and over, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. When you read the Old Testament and you hear mentions to the kingdom of God, those words, both old and new, typically talk about the rank, the authority, and the sovereignty to rule. They're not actually talking about a realm. They're talking about the right to rule, okay? And so we start here. God has the right to rule because he's creator. Make sense? All right, this is yes, this is no, this is it's Father's Day and I'm not doing anything, right? Okay? Dads, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not talking to my shirt today. It's not happening, all right? You guys got lucky that I shaved. I was like, they're going to expect me to shave. So it's Father's Day, I'm going to shave, but I'm not talking to my shirt. It's not happening. Okay, uh, I'm not making anything later either. I'm like, we, we can starve today. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, going to do nothing. Uh, all right, so, so, uh, so we, we, we start here. The kingdom of God primarily refers to God's right to reign uh, or to rule over everything that he has created. Uh, David uh, declared it this way in Psalm 103, 19. He says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and, and his kingdom rules over all. David's saying, God made it all. And so God uh, sits on a throne above all that he's made and, and, and he rightly rules over everything that we see and everything that we don't see. And so that's kind of where we begin. Okay, from there, we've got to talk about this. Ready? Woohoo! number two. Number two. God made mankind in his own image, okay? God made mankind in his own image. So we begin with this thought that God is creator and he has the right to rule over everything. Part of what he created, friends, is you and me, right? That's the, that's the truth of God's word. And so now I'm, in, 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 I'm on page two of my Bible, uh, Genesis chapter two. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 4. I'm going to read 4 through 7, then 15 through 25. And uh, 4 through 7 says, These are the records of the heavens and the earth concerning their creation. At the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, 
right? That's, that's what's called the beginning. Uh, not the beginning of God, the beginning of these things. It says, no shrub of the field had yet grown on the land and no plant of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not made it rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground. But the mist would come up from the earth and the water uh, and water all the ground. And then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground. And he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and the man became a living being. Now I'm in verse 15. It says, the Lord God took the man and he placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day that you eat from it, you will certainly die. And then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper corresponding to him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground, um, uh, out of the ground, every wild animal, every bird of the sky, and he brought each one to see what he would call it. Each one to the man to see what he'd call it. And whatever the man called a living creature is, uh, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. And God took one of his ribs, and he closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman, and he brought her to the man, and the man said, this one at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken uh, from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, and yet they felt no shame. Okay? So, simply stated, simply stated, just, just according to Scripture, God made mankind in his own image. All right? Third point. You're like, man, we're flying. Yes, we are. Okay? Points are building. Points are building, right? Point one, God is creator of everything, therefore he has the right to rule. Okay? Point two, all right, God made us. We're part of everything. Okay? Which brings point three. God has the right to rule over us. God has the right to rule over our lives. It's just kind of the natural outflow of the first two points that, 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 that God has the divine right to rule over our lives. And kind of here, here's the deal. So uh, when I outline series, uh, I kind of I kind of put them all on a board. I kind of whiteboard things. And I think through what are we trying to accomplish as, as we study this subject together. And, and my, my thought when it came to this series was there's one thing we have to talk about every week. Okay, Because nobody talks about the kingdom of God to start with. And so if we're going to spend 12 weeks talking about the kingdom of God, the thing I think we should answer every week is why does this matter? Right? Why, why does this truth matter to me? Why is this important for my life? And, 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 and here is, is the why. This is, this is the why point. Because God has the right. No, 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 back, 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 back. Because God has the right to rule over our life. That's why. The, the, the reason that, that the kingdom of God is important, the reason that, that we need to talk about it today is because God has authority as creator to rule over and to reign over all that he has made and he has made us. And it means that no matter how we feel about him at the moment, he still has the right to rule over us. He has the right to. I, I just think we need to pause and talk about that for a second because friends, let's face it, when, when everything's good, we, we, don't, we don't have a problem with that, do we? When, when, when life is good, we're like, yes, Jesus, you have the right to my life. 
Man, you have the right to my bank account and you have the right, right, right to my health and you have the right to my marriage because everything is great. And then we lose our job, get laid off, and suddenly God no longer has the right to my bank account. And then some young pretty miss thing catches our eye and suddenly God no longer has the right to rule over my sexual desires. Then somebody offends me and they hurt me and God no longer has the right to rule over whether or not I should forgive them. So here's what I'm going to say to you. Listen, in life, here's the truth of it. We're all somewhere on a spectrum. And, and, and on the spectrum that we're on, all of us on the spectrum, we are actively deciding whether to accept or reject the reign of God in our life. All of us. Now, some of you here this morning, God bless you, you have been through enough in life that you realize that you don't have the answers, right? You're like, I don't have the answers, I don't want to be the answer guy, I don't, I don't want to have to, I've been there, I've done that, I've taken the reins, and it didn't work out well, and so you're kind of at the point that you're like, Jesus, take the reins. God bless you. And what you've, you've figured out is it's better right? It's actually better for God to be in charge. It's actually better to live according to his ways. There's blessing found that way. And so some of you, man, you are, you're there. God bless you. Like blaze the trail for the rest of us, okay? So some of you are there and some of you heard that and you're like, I don't belong here because I'm not there. Listen, it's a spectrum. And so maybe you're here and, and you're on the complete other end. You're fighting God with every fiber in your being. You're rejecting his rule with every fiber in your being. I want to say something to you in love. Uh, One, you're not alone, okay? Because even this dude over here, uh, he still has little flare-ups, okay? He still has, even though he's figured out that God's ways are best, trust me, he still has flare-ups. So he's like, I don't want to do that, Lord. And the Lord's like, yes, you will, okay? Uh, So, like, we're all on the spectrum. So if you're here and you walked in this morning, you're like, man, I don't want God to rule over my life. I, I do not want God to reign over my life. I don't want to live by his rules. I don't want to live by his ways. Uh, and you're kind of like, well, I, I don't even know why I'm here. I, I just want to say to you, first of all, this is going to be a really safe space for the next 12 weeks. It's a safe space for you to be and, and come and, and to hear about the kingdom of God. Um, but I, I do want to challenge you with this, okay? So the reality of the kingdom, the, the, the reality that there is a kingdom, Right? Uh, Like, this didn't happen by cosmic accident. Is anybody still in the accident camp, for crying out loud? I believe in a big bang. There was a bang, and it all happened, right? Uh, I believe that aliens formed and fashioned the universe. We just haven't seen them yet. I think I saw them. I'm not sure. Probably has something to do with that Bigfoot dude and Loch Ness Monster. They're all in this together. Some people really, I mean, you're here, and you're like, hey, I, I believe that uh, somehow lightning struck a gaseous pool and, and, and an amoeba was brought to life. That sucker crawled out and became a more complex being than it ever was before. That would be the only time that anything's actually become more complex than it was before. Okay? But, maybe you're in that camp. Listen to me. No matter where you are, here, here's, here's, here's the truth about the kingdom. The reality that there is a kingdom demands a response just does. Does. Don't believe me. 
Uh, check out what Jesus says when he shows up on the scene. This is his first sermon. Uh, you guys are wishing I preached this short. Uh, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. And listen to what he says. He says, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Okay, this is what Jesus says. The kingdom is real. The kingdom is here. And now because it is real, you have to respond. You have to respond. You, you, you get to choose to respond to, to the kingdom. And either you, 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 your response is, I believe in the kingdom, and I, I believe in the king, or I reject it. Now, now here's the deal. Uh, guess what? You can reject the authority of a king. That does not mean he does not still reign over you. I thought about that a lot this week. <laughs> like, there were probably some peasants back in the day, right? There's some of those peasant farmers that the king is like, hey, I get... 60% of everything you make. It's probably like 70%, but I'm just saying, and I, get, I get this percentage, and the dude's like, no, you don't. You're not my king. There's some people in the U.S. like, not my president. Really? Because guess what? Your taxes are still going to the same place where you're going to jail. Follow me? Your rejection of the reality doesn't change the reality. And so some of you are here, and, 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 and listen, I, again, I welcome you. It's okay that you're on this end of the spectrum right now. You, you, you came in, you're like, I, I reject that. I don't believe the Bible. I, I, don't, I don't even know why I'm here, but I, I'm, I'm kind of open to learn. Listen, listen, your rejection of the reality doesn't mean that the reality doesn't exist. And so here's the cool thing about the kingdom. Jesus shows up. He's like, kingdom is real, and, 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 and because it's real, you need to respond to it. You, you, you've got to do something. And so that kind of just brings us to, well, what could that proper response be? Why, why is this important for me? This is important for me because God wants to reign over my life. And so, um, and, 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 and I want you to hear, and by the way, Jesus says that's good news. So no matter where you came from, no matter what your faith background is, hey, here's some really good news. No matter how bad you've messed up, the truth is that God loves you and wants to rule your life. That's awesome. The fact that God, who's perfect, wants to rule my life, says that I, I, I'm not as big of a failure as I think I am. You guys following me? You tracking that? Like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a colossal mess, and yet, yet God, who's perfect, says, yeah, you're a colossal mess, but I still want you. That, that's, that's inviting. I'm, oh, wow, okay, so maybe I'm not as big of a mess as I thought. I, like, I get to be a part of the kingdom, and God's like, yeah, man, come on, be a part of the kingdom. So this is significant for my life. God wants to reign over me. That's what the kingdom of God means for you. God wants to rule over your life, which is good news, the Bible declares. And so what do we do? Here are three things we do. Okay, number one. Number one, uh, we have to recognize God's right to rule. We've got to recognize it, okay? And, and again, our, our kind of sticking point is page one. Page one. How else did we get here? How else was the world formed in fashion? Start on page one. If God is eternal, and he always existed, if God is the only thing that is eternal and has always existed, if God is the one that spoke all things into being, then God has the right to rule. And so we just have to start by recognizing that. Yeah, God's creator. God's creator. Listen, if you've come up with some better argument, let's come sit down and talk. I've read them all. I can't come up with a better argument for how we got here. So we start to recognize God. There is a God. And he's made everything we see and we don't see. We, we, some of you in the science community, you just call that intelligent design. I believe in intelligent design. I believe there's a creator that must have put all this together because it, it, like, math doesn't work out that this was all an accident. Okay, So we start there. Second thing we have to do, 
We have to reject ourselves as ruler. Okay? All right? And and so here's where it gets tough. Because we are stubborn people. (laughs) Stubborn. All right? Uh, It's Father's Day. Dads, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever made your children do something just because? You're like, because I said so. Any, any men out there just like, right? Come on, come on, throw it up. Yeah, yeah, okay. There may have been a right like reason behind it years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a reason I was going to say this, but in this moment, you're just doing it because I'm dad and I'm just going to force you. Every once in a while, my kids push my buttons to the point that that's it, everybody's cleaning the house. Like, we were just arguing over school. Why are we cleaning it? Because I said so. When they were younger, it could just be like, that's it, everybody's taking a nap. Everybody. Dad, it's five o'clock at night. I don't care, everyone's taking a nap. Why? Because I said so. Listen. We all have a little bit of that because I said so in us. And the Bible, which lays out how God wants to reign over your life, that's what it is. It's a whole instruction book. God's going, here's how I want you to live because I'm your king and here's the rules for the kingdom. And you've got some because I said so in you. And what happens because of that is that you want to be in control instead of God. And you're like, no, 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 I got a better view for marriage, God. I do. No, God, I've got, I've got it. Listen, that whole thing that you talk about finances and, and giving, a, it like, like that doesn't even make economic sense, God, that I'm going to give back 10% of all my income. I, I need to put that in retirement, yo. Like, I got I to gotta, I get that in something that's paying me at least, at least an 8% return. Because I said so. And here's what the Bible declares. For God to reign over your life, You've got to get out of his place because there's only one throne. And for some of us, that means that we have to recognize, God, I've been sitting on your throne. Excuse me. And you just humbly back out of it. That's what it looks like. That's what salvation looks like, by the way. It's a recognition that God has the right to reign and you've been sitting on his, on his throne and you're like, whoa, woe is me. Isaiah says, woe is me, Lord. So you're like, whoa, sorry, God. My bad. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. And so some of you this morning, that's kind of that's the way it is. Some of you this morning, uh, by the way, this isn't just in, in regards to salvation because we're, we're selfish people. So even after we're saved, we pick up old habits, right? We still want to take control back over. I'm not speaking to any Christians in the room, right? Just myself. And so some of you, listen, hear me. I, I know that you know Jesus, but you're not letting him reign over your marriage. You took over that reign a long time ago and decided that you were too hurt to, to love that person the way the Bible called you to. Well, guess what? That's not your right. It's not your right because you're not creator. It's not your right because you're not the one that made the marriage. It's not your right because you're not the one that created a spouse. It's not your right because you're not the, the one that brought the spouse to you. Like You, you follow me? Like, and you're going to have to reject your authority in that situation. And and, and this applies to every area of your life. And so some of you this morning, even though you know Christ and you've already rejected your right to rule over your life in in total, you still have individual areas that you need to do this in. Okay? Brings me to my last point, all right? Uh, At some point, we have to receive the good news. 
And, and, and what is the good news? The good news is that there's a God that loves me, that knows me, and wants me. It's the good news. And, and, and so, so to receive that good news, for some of you, we talk about salvation. Uh, again, I have to reject uh, my desire to be in charge of my life. I have to say, okay, there is a God. I believe in him. And, and here's what that God says. This God says, he shows up and says, repent of yourself. Repent of your sin uh, because sin is separating you from me. And, and, and here's the deal. Because I want to rule over your life, uh, we have to deal with your sin. Okay? Now, now some of you are like, well, wait a second. God, it's God's kingdom and he says he wants to reign over me. Why do I have to repent? Like, why, 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 why do I have to believe in Jesus? Why do I have to do that in order for him to reign over me? And, and, and the answer is your sin. Because God will reign over you ultimately. He reigns over all things. But only things that have had sin atoned for can be in his presence because he's perfect. And so God's kind of first rule of order is, I want you to declare that you can't save yourself and that I and I alone can do it for you. And I've done that by sending you a perfect sacrifice, my son, Jesus Christ. So repent, get out of his place, and ask him to come sit on the throne of your heart, of your life. Do that, and we're going to be good. Do that, and we're going to be good. So guys, we start here. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's sovereign authority and right to rule over everything that he's made. And what I'm here to tell you is that God has the right to rule over you. Some of you walked in this morning, you're like, nope, I don't want that. Guess what? Just because you don't want it doesn't mean that ultimately you won't have to answer to him. And so there's two ways the Bible talks about. One is blessed and the other is not. Okay? The blessed man realizes that he needs God and he cries out unto God for salvation. And he becomes a son of God and an heir of the kingdom. That's what the Bible says, an heir of the kingdom. The other man rejects God's authority And ultimately, he realizes that God is sovereign after all, and he spends an an eternity separated from that sovereign God in a place called hell. And God is just. He's right in doing it because God sent his son as a sacrifice to get this person from here to here. God has the right to rule over your life. And if you let him, what you'll find out is that his rule is best. All right. Pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. As we study uh, this new thought of your kingdom, we pray that you would help us to really understand it and take it in. God, this morning, if there's anyone here, uh, first and foremost, that has has not accepted uh, the reality of your kingdom, that you are king, that you are creator, and that you have a right to rule over their life, I pray this morning that they would repent That means that they would step down off the throne of their life and that they would receive the truth that they need your son Jesus to atone for their sins so that you can come into their life and rule over every decision they make. So God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you in that way, I pray this morning that they would just simply cry out to you, God, save me. God, I believe in you. God, I know that I need you. I don't want to be in charge anymore. Take the reins of my life in Jesus' name. But Father, I also want to pray for my Christian friends. For those that have believed in you and you're sitting on the throne of their life, you're supposed to be over everything, but they've taken a couple of those reins back. Somebody here has taken back the reign of marriage 
And they're not letting your word rule over their heart anymore when it comes to their spouse. God, lead them to repentance. The kingdom demands a response. Some of them are not letting you reign over their finances. And God, again, the kingdom demands a response. Some of them are not letting you reign over their forgiveness of others. And again, the kingdom demands a response. We respond not because of who we are, but we respond because you are a good, rightful king. Come take your place in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.